Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Common Sense Uncensored with Kit Brennan, and I have with me a fellow podcaster from Here's the Deal, Shiloh Kerber, who also partners with Marvin Lepp on that show. But first, I want to remind everybody that you can listen live. Go to gfbestsource.com, click Listen Now, and to chat with us, you can click in the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And as always, we're out there on Rumble. Go out and check the Rumble links. It's hosted posted on the GFBS Facebook page as well, and let's spread some wonderful information to everybody today. And Shiloh, we've had we've had three producers scrambling like like squirrels trying to get gets nuts stored for the fall. And uh, my my music's still up, guys. And uh, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking to Shiloh because I'm really excited. Shiloh, how are you doing besides all the fun we've had for over the last 15 minutes trying to get you on the air? How's it going, sweetheart? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's, oh. uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I uh, totally <laughs> get everything you guys are going through because I'm usually the guy that has to deal with that, and I'm not uh, <laughs> that technically savvy, so I, uh, I can appreciate it. Well, I have to tell you, I enjoyed being a guest on your show because uh, when I was out there, it was so nice not to have to deal with the stuff. I could just... Just be a guest, and that was fun. So I hope you have the ability to do the same thing with me here today. But uh, I encourage everybody who likes uh, Common Sense Uncensored to also check out Here's the Deal with Shiloh Kerber and Marvin Lepp. And Shiloh, you, um, you're, you're kind of like me. You're, you're really based into North Dakota politics, and we do some of the federal stuff and things. But, but a lot of it have, has to do with, with what's happening in our, in our own backyard. But you did a very interesting thing. Now, I went to the original... Mike Lindell Summit when it was in South Dakota uh, quite a bit ago, but you just went to the most recent one. Can you tell me where that was located and what the latest Mike Lindell Summit brought to the table as far as our voting rights and our ability to think that we have a secure vote? So it was in Springfield, Missouri, and I went, uh, it was the middle of this month. I just got back about a week ago. And he unveiled a plan, and it's basically what it is, Kit, is it is a, a device. They're calling it a W, a wireless monitoring device. And the, announce, the announcement came on the second day, and what this device does is it, it's a little box. And what it does is, say your building, for instance. Mm-hmm. It needs to be within 500 feet or so of the building. You don't even need to be inside the building. And what it does is it picks up um, everything that is on your wireless network. So your computers, your cell phones, uh, printers, anything that connects to the Internet. Because the big lie in our election, I was just watching some of the um, previous stuff that uh, interviews and that that Mike had done uh, when this when the election stuff had started, and the big lie is that, that they tell everybody is these machines aren't connect, connected to the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the media is telling us. Well, we've got a way to check that out now. The, these devices is what it does is you can be sitting at home, and as long as the device is within 500 feet of the building, anytime anything comes on or off of the wireless network, it'll, it'll send a detection. So let's say just for instance, how they did it at the summit was, is they flew this little 
device, they put it on a drone and they flew it over a building and, and you could see it was neat because they had it on the screen in live time. And, and, uh, so what it did was it picked up everybody's cell phone, everybody's computer, everything. So what they did is they brought it in through the building and landed it right on the desk in front of Jeff and Mike. Jeff is the guy who had uh, made this uh, device for him. And so on the side of it, if you go on Frank's social, Mike's, um, uh, it's basically an app, the Frank social app. If you go on there, there's a filter and you can filter off all the phones, all the printers and different things and you can and see different things. So when these machines, in theory, when these machines are turned on, what's going to happen is you're going to get an alert and then we, we will know uh, when the machines are turned on and on the Internet, because that's one of the lies that were the big lie is, is that they can't be connected. Well, but you know, also- I'm going to ask you a question really quick. Sure. The, the thing that because I was at, at the first one and they showed us how easily those voting machines were hackable just by people with cell phones and stuff. So is this device, the, the one thing that I'm worried about with anything, especially a wireless device, is can this device be hacked? Does, has anybody looked into that? Well, according to what Mike and, and now Kit, you have to remember, they didn't give everything away because obviously they're not going to. And that question was asked. Okay. And all, all Mike would say is that it, that, um, there's a plan around that, that it isn't hackable, but they are, they've got a backup plan upon backup plan. Okay. Because the other thing I was going to get into is not only will this device detect when the machines go on online, it also can take that data. And um, Mike has a, what they're, what they're calling the election crime summit. They got a bureau. So they got a building somewhere where all this information is going. So we won't have to go through um, our SOS offices anymore, Secretary of State's office, to get our voter rolls. All the information that these machines are using, uh, we're going to get. We're going to get a copy of that information through this device. So let's just say how these machines work is basically the voter rolls, they work on a credit limit is what they call it. So... A lot of these people who are voting that are dead and different <laughs> things like that, these names are going to come up. They're using those as um, what they call a credit line. So even in the state of North Dakota, with the influx of population that we have, with people moving in and out of the state, you know, those aren't taken off our voter rolls. Our voter rolls are growing faster than our population is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're using as their... their um, quote unquote credit line. So when they turn these machines on, that's where they're getting the extra information, the extra ballots to count against, you know, that that's how they make the, um, the ballot counts go up for whoever they want to win the election. Right. So basically what this does is this is going to be able to tell when, uh, say a county has 20,000 people in it. And suddenly there's 25,000 voters. Yeah. And and first of all, I think we've got COVID 2.0 coming again in match of another voting season. So I think that we're going to be dealing with mail-in ballots and everything else. So this is going to be able to tell us, first of all, just at a sharp glance, 
when a county has got more votes than voters, right? It's going, it's going to be able to, it's going to take that data that they're using in those machines to play with the uh, votes. That's what it's going to be able to tell us. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to have that information. So then we can take it back and do what we're doing now in canvassing to prove, proving the, the voter fraud. So we've got, we've got teams throughout the state that we're working on this ever since Dr. Frank was here in February. And so, yeah, this is going to be able to help us because we have the 2020 information, but do you think I can get the 22 information at all? No, I can. I know you can't. Especially since they uh, wouldn't let us into the secretary of state's office when we were in the Capitol doing our press conference with Dr. Frank, they literally closed the door on us and, there is a video on our Facebook page of us knocking on the Secretary of State's office, and they will not let us in. Well, I, I, I know that this, the uh, Secretary of State's office is infamous for telling everybody, because we were trying to get voter rolls and stuff like that, too. They tell you that you can't get the voter rolls, that a member of the legislature is the only one who can get the voter rolls, and then they can only get that for their district. Uh, it, yeah. it be, it's, it's, it's quite frankly... <laughs> insane that you cannot get voter rolls for the state so that you can do a canvas check similar to what they did in Colorado, where they found a lot of people that they talked to that had voted, hadn't Mm -hmm. voted. And the, the only reason I can suspect that someone wouldn't want someone else doing this work, because it's not the Secretary of State's office that's going to go out there knocking on doors or anything. It's going to be volunteers. And the only reason I can come up with for thinking that nobody wants to let anybody do this work is because you got something to hide. Because if you're if you don't have anything to hide, why wouldn't you want that transparency? Right, you're right. And and when so, I t- when I take a look at, at at the Michael Lindell summits, to me, okay, we're we're past saying we need we need to uh, go back and do a do over for the Biden election. We're, we're, that's, we're done. So with Mike this time, it's not on going backwards, but, but the whole thing of this summit was moving forward, which is what, what yeah. can we do to protect the next election, right? So when, when he started, when he started the summit, you know, he, he showed all the proof and all that. They ran that 10 minute video, which you can go on Frank's speech and watch that. But he spoke about, you know, exactly what you talked about right now it's it's done and over with uh if we if they would have if mike pence he actually said if mike pence would have given it back to the states we would have lost our country by now that it wasn't the right time but now we have all the evidence we have these devices now that are going to help us (laughs) excuse me and so we're we're going to be doing that as well as as you know um, Mike, Michael Coachman has a deal that they're passing around that uh, election. It's going to be a petition to get on the... Um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. I know Michael is, is doing a voting petition, which is, which is de- designed to verify election results yeah. and make sure that the election is certified. And we're going to be getting into talking about that. But, but Mike's Mike's summit this time seemed to me to be, uh, we can't go backwards, 
But what we right. need to do is we need to make sure we're moving forward with security because the one thing that the United States is supposed to have going for it is people should feel secure that their vote counts. And um, so one more question about this little box thing that they had on the drone and everything else. Um, is that going to be able to be blocked or, or can someone say, uh, like you said, it can be within 500 feet outside of a voting uh, place, but is there going to be able way, any way that at least that they know that there's going to be able to be a, some form of signal blocker, whereas only something from within the building is going to be able signal. I'm going to tell you this, Mike Lindell, when I went down there, I was highly impressed and anything from the people that they had running the whole show, all the technical stuff to the guys that he has working on this stuff for him. They're, they're, they're top notch. They're world tech guys. They didn't because a lot of the questions you're asking right now got asked down there. And the only thing that they would say is, is that they, have that covered that they weren't going to give it away obviously because it, there was 2000 people there plus it was broadcast 85 countries, and they were actually going through cyber attacks while they were announcing this thing to the point where they had to have the one lady who was running frank social come back and do her demonstration until um his tech team fought off what was going on so i'm not really worried about that at this point because man that that was like a um, when he said, and they've been working on this for over a year, when he said that they've got it covered, like it was a fine-tuned oiled machine down there kit. It was really impressive. I, I, I want to get right back to that. But first, got to take a really quick profit margin break for Oh for Heaven's Cakes. And there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in and find out what's behind the counter. If you're a business owner and you want to treat your employees, check out their monthly specials at Oh for Heaven's Cakes on the north side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays, 9 to noon. You can call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to O for Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com and be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand City Mall. And if you're artistic and looking for a job, they're hiring cake decorators. O for Heaven's Cakes. Okay, I want to get back to that because you're, you know, you're exactly right. I, I was blessed to have a friend with me who knew Dr. Frank. And, and so when I was at the, the original summit in, in South Dakota, I got to meet some of the people that were behind the scenes. And a lot of them were former DOD people and other things. So what, what Mike seems to be doing is putting government versus government or ex-government versus government. And, and he seems to have... He's hiring the right people, and they seem to be looking at this from uh, a defense-slash-offensive strategy. And when you mentioned the fact that uh, there were people trying to hack in and bring them down, that also occurred 
at the South Dakota summit. It's it's nothing but constant attacks for these people. And and I guess I'm just sitting here going, you know, if you are beneath contempt, why are they trying so hard to silence you? Yep. You know, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing. So when I got to meet Mike, I, I went back there. Dr. Frank introduced him to me, and I shook the man's hand, and I looked him in his eyes. And obviously there's a lot of misinformation out there about him. But when I looked into his eyes, kid, <clears throat> you could tell just he's a real, he's, he's obviously a believer, um, believes in Jesus Christ. But his, he's not messing around. Like, he's for real. And um, I can appreciate that as a patriot because until you get to meet, you know, people like that, until you get to meet them and look them in their eyes, you can tell right away um, what kind of human they are. And the stuff that the mainstream media has put out about this guy, it is so completely false. It is unbelievable. So I just want to say that about him because... I was I was highly impressed. Well, you know, I'm, gl- really- I'm glad you mentioned that because he's the man's taken a ration of crap, um, personal yeah. attacks. Uh, the tin hats, you know, society has yeah. has been been handed out for him and and anybody who's attended any of these summits and stuff. And most of us that have been attempting to find the truth behind what's going on with uh, our vote have, of course, been labeled. Conspiracy theorist is the nicest term I've come across that I can probably right. say in family company. But it the harassment, the constant harassment, has been has been what's what's been so shocking to me that not just Mike but all of his people and stuff have had to go through and and what was the harassment and stuff to you guys down there? Did you see any of that? No, we didn't get any of that. Um... Springfield was, it was actually, it's a nice town. I was, I got to do a little bit of traveling the first day I got down there a a day before, but no, there was none of that. Um, We didn't see any of it. Um, You know, obviously there was cyber attacks and different things like that. But the other thing I'd say about his team is everyone that works for him, whether it be on the production side, the security side, they had, uh, you know, they were part of Trump's security he had there. Um, Anyone that works for him truly believes in Mike and what he's doing. And that's, that says something for someone, you know what I mean? Like it just, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome to see that he has that much support. And so it was a, when I came back and I come back to the chapter meetings for the Sons of Liberty, I told them, I said, you know, it's it's a lot for one person to take in. I said, um, you know, I was in the back quite a bit behind the scenes and got to meet some people. And, and that was pretty neat. But um, it was a very emotional, uh, I'd even say spiritual uh, event down there. I mean, there was times the lady that I was sitting next to was a banker from Illinois and uh, her story on what, what she's dealing with, with these banks shutting down and stuff and what we're going to experience there is, was quite horrifying. But I mean, there was times we sat there and we cried and we laughed. And I mean, it was just, 
I encourage anybody that can go to one of those things, whether you're Democrat or, or however you want to put it, go in there with an open mind. I guarantee you, you'll come out a changed person. I have to agree. The atmosphere was the same in South Dakota. Uh, I never met a bunch of more kind and gracious people, including the security. And I'm a concealed carry holder, so I had to make sure I didn't bring my gun in with me because that was a huge no-no. But, but the security, right. they were very thorough, but they were very nice and very professional. And everybody that, that was working there or, or a part of that detail was exceptionally professional and nice. And the people that were there, I sat next to a congressman from Colorado, and we managed to chat and stuff. And I, you're right. I encourage what whatever side of the aisle you are on. What we need to start doing is having preconceived notions of who the other side is and stop stop doing what the government wants us to do, which is put everybody into their box and then it's us versus them. Because for the government to have this succeed, we got to be fighting each other. And right. I watched a wonderful video where a guy went to a MAGA rally, a black man went to a MAGA rally, and he fully expected to be running into nothing more than lynchers and people that were going to be mean to him and everybody was going to be rude. And he's walking through through the rally with his phone on, saying he's, he could hardly wait because he was so excited to catch um, some MAGA people being rude to him because of his color. And he kept going, yep. um, all, all everybody's being is nice to me, and, and I, I just... I'm I, I, he actually ended up going, I'm shocked. Everybody's been gracious. Everybody's been nice. Everybody's been friendly. I've yep. encountered nothing but good things. And the guy that was playing the video and was watching him, who was also uh, black, went, he kept going, oh, it's, it's coming now. It's coming now. Somebody's going to get him. And they both looked at each other and went, um, nothing to see here. And we need more of that. We need, we need to be able to, to disagree and look each other in the face. You mentioned the fact that there was a lady there that was at some some rally or something. You're going to have to correct me on this, but she had someone tried to steal her kid out of a stroller. Antifa. Okay, so that that was her name is Rhea Campbell, and she's going to be. She ran for Secretary of State in Massachusetts. She was there, and um, she's actually going to be on our show here in a couple of weeks. But hers, when she ran, they were in a parade in one of the cities out there in Massachusetts. And uh, the parade actually ran right into the middle of Antifa, and they got attacked. And, yes, somebody tried to take her uh, kid out of her stroller. It was, yeah. The the stories that she had, because that hadn't been the first time that her family had been attacked or threatened. uh, You know, she played some of the, some of the, messages that she got about being gang raped and Oof. yeah it was it was disgusting I, it would it made you it gave me goosebumps it made me want to cry but just the stuff that that uh that lady had to go through so and she's a black lady and um man we had a lot of fun with her uh trent loose was down there as well and so we uh I'm, that's how I met Rio was through him and and uh, anyway so she was telling us these stories and different things like that but yeah the story she had was just phenomenal um, it made you want to cry but yeah that was the major one is that someone tried to take her kid out of the 
her stroller. So, you, you know, I just don't understand. Uh, and of course, Joseph Goebbels was the one that said, make sure that you're accusing everyone of doing exactly what you're doing because it's off-putting for everyone and it, it makes you seem innocent while you're playing the victim and doing bad things. And I, I yeah, look... Rhea, go uh, ahead. Rhea, the other thing about her was, you know, she's a conservative lady and uh-huh. black woman. Very, um, how do you say it? She's uh, very strong. Let's just put it that way. And she's, you know, she's been labeled... A white supremacist. <laughs> that always slays me. Right. It's just, it's phenomenal. It's just unbelievable the, the stuff that these people go through and, and what people actually do. It just, but yeah, like I said, she's a nice lady. She's going to be on our show. Um, and we're going to talk some more about some of the stuff that she went through there as well. So excellent. Now, okay. So this, this equipment is obviously expensive. Um, is North Dakota going to be able to secure the vote? Are they going to be able to have one of these machines outside of every voting location? Um, and what do we do about the mail-in votes? They're, uh, so they're mass producing them right now. And from what Jeff said, they're going to be under $500 a piece. So, I mean, we have to kind of decide what we're going to do there. Okay. So, uh, as far as the mail-in votes, that doesn't really have anything to do with these. I wouldn't think at that that time, unless it, it, the main thing is, is that we want to catch them being online mm-hmm. because that's where they're really. I mean, we can do all the mail-in votes that we want, but it doesn't matter because the machines do it, whether they have the ballots or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Electrically. They don't need paper. They don't need a paper trail. They don't need any of that. When those machines go on, that's when, you know, that's the majority of the fraud. Okay. From my understanding. I have to agree with you. Um, my husband and I have been talking, and the one thing that, that has been disconcerting to us is the fact that uh, so many people are talking about the early voting locations and the ballot stuffing and stuff, but for the longest time, it's been very silent about the machines. Yeah. And the one thing we were concerned about was the fact that the machines we both felt was where the probably the majority of the fraud took place uh, once they were putting the newspaper and stuff up on the windows and pulling the ballots out from underneath to run them through the machines. And so when we take a look at the uh, initiative that Mr. Coachman and the others are putting forth, though, this is going to be interesting because Section 4 says early, early polling locations are prohibited. Election Day is a single-day event which must take place on the Tuesday uh, next after the first Monday in November. Verification of election results shall only be certified as valid and complete uh, of, of the election process. And a qualified elector, first election equipment, election process, ballot counts, or results must be able to be reviewed and or audited by a qualified elector. So when I'm looking at this initiative and the things that Michael and Dallas put together, what's going to happen if if they go, okay, fine, and now they remove the machines and they go to hand count? Is that, in your opinion, a better situation or worse? That's what we need to do. That's what we're fighting for is to go back to paper ballots again. 
and hand counting. There's multiple countries that already do that in one day. We used to do it. You know, um, I think people are easily persuaded with electronics. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we want is paper, all paper, hand counting. That's what our goal is. Yep, that's what our end goal is. I have to agree with you, plus the one-day thing. I have got to do this wonderful ad for our, for Churchill Shoes, and I'm going to get right back to that. Hold that thought. Don't forget it. Paul, can we do Churchill Shoes? Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your foot wear needs open monday through friday from nine to five and saturday from nine to three call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com next time you're in need of footwear give us a try your feet will be glad you did churchill shoes in the grand cities mall yes churchill shoes will definitely even if you're a hard to fit person they've got the shoe for you Okay, Shiloh, you were going to say before I had to do my wonderful profit margin break. What's going on? Yeah, that's what we're, I was going to say. That's what we're aiming for is all paper ballots, um, same-day voting, hand counting. Uh, it's like Mike says, I bought one of the shirts. Is one of his sayings. It says, uh, melt the machines down and make prison bars out of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took a look at the garbage cans that we like to call the voting machines in North Dakota, and I was less than impressed uh, because, yes, we had a paper ballot that I filled out, and then I walked over to something that looked like a uh, garbage can version of R2-D2 and fed my thing in, and it just was whisked away, and I, and I walked out. Um, the, one of the things that I, I've noticed about the initiative is a qualified elector list, which lists the names of all qualified electors who are United States citizens, as well as North Dakota residents provided by the Secretary of State's office, the DOT, and the Department of Vital Records. Uh, when we're talking about that, it sounds simple to me, but they always seem to be able to come up with the fact that that's discriminatory. Why do you think it's discriminatory to have ID to vote when you need ID to get a hotel room? I don't. I don't think it's discriminatory at all. They're going to tell you. They're going to tell you it is. It is to people that are um, underprivileged and on the Indian reservation. Well, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that voter registration is. You know, there's anything wrong with it. It's a, you know, the our current deal is we don't have any at all. So out of 50 states, we're the only state that doesn't have voter registration. How the hell do they get past that? I mean, how how can they get, get away with that? Not only that, um, you know, uh, election official can't ask for proof of citizenship. They don't even have to be a citizen of the United States to vote here in North Dakota. How do they get away with it? They, they uh, just like what you said. They make it sound like it's discriminatory. Well, they, you, you know, 
I have friends. Right. I have friends who are Native American and, and that that are on the reservation. And when it when it's brought up to me about discriminatory because not everybody has an ID, I looked at them and I said, "Do you get money from the tribe because you're X amount percentage?" And they go, "Oh yeah." I said, "Well, do you have to be required to have ID for that?" And they went, "Well, yeah." I went, "You got ID." <laughs> I mean, yeah. this doesn't seem to be to be rocket science unless your total objective is to make sure that as many people that aren't qualified have the right to vote. And with the amount of illegal, uh, illegal aliens, I'm not calling them immigrants, illegal aliens that we have pouring across our border right now, it seems to me that allowing anybody to just stroll in and say, yeah, I'm, I've been here forever, where do I sign up and to, to you know, where do I start punching, punching people in as, to, as far as to who to vote? It seems to me to be really, really silly. But it, I just don't get past the point where North Dakota thinks that it can tell me with a straight face that we have secure voting. We don't. We're, we're the least transparent in the country. And Dr. Frank has said that multiple times, even when he was here. But even visiting with people down there when I was down there, Kit, um, yeah, we're, we are the only state that does not have voter ID. And we're the least transparent. So Now, when Dr. Frank was here, because I know he was here and visited the legislature and you were with him, what was the reception he got from people in legislature? Well, we didn't actually get to visit with people in the legislature. Okay. We had a few of them show up for our press conference. But the people walking by, we'd get faces and we, you know, they they knew who we were and, and um, it was... They didn't want to talk to us. Let's just put it that way. It was very apparent that we were not welcome there, especially when they cut uh, closed the Secretary of State's um, office door on us and wouldn't let us in. You they know, did not want to talk to us. I got a little problem with that. The ability to close the Secretary of State's office, uh, Doctor Frank, possibly. But you're a resident of the state of North Dakota, and you just had a government office door slammed in your face, and you were told you you don't have entry to, I could be wrong now, but isn't that your office, if you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, you would think. What, did they give you an excuse? It wasn't just me. There was about 10 or 15 of us from North Dakota. Did they tell you why? Oh, it was shut before we even got there. They shut it during our press conference, and then we walked back there. I mean, we were 50 feet from the door. Um, yeah, we knocked. They, would, they wouldn't even answer. So the people in the Secretary of State's office deemed you unworthy of entrance and of even being able to speak to the individuals there, basically. Now, that's my opinion, but... Uh, that... Well, that's what happened. I mean, there, there doesn't have to be an opinion about it. That's exactly what happened. I mean, you can go on our Facebook page for Here's the Deal. And uh, so it'd be back in February. But, yeah, we did a live on it while we were standing right there. So there wasn't even anyone there to come out that had the presence of mind and the um, ability to explain to you why you couldn't enter. They just shut the door. They just shut and locked the door. Isn't that convenient? You know, I'm going to make a, a, a broad generalization, but I think it's, it's fairly accurate to some of the things that I've discovered. 
and that is this is this is very typical of what normally happens when you're when you're attempting to address uh, many of the departments in North Dakota and Bismarck, uh, the Department mm-hmm. of Education, the Attorney General's Office, and many others. Uh, and that is the limited amount of access that you have. And seeing as how I believe there's another pandemic. Uh, on the cusp uh, coming at us. I think that it's going to do nothing but get actually worse as they begin to not only limit hours, but you have to have the mask on and, and people start working from home and everything else. And I'm, I find it extremely frustrating that North Dakota, the land of nice, has decided that the government is no longer accessible to the people except certain people who will be allowed in. That that doesn't sound to me like that was the deal that the Constitution put together. What do you think about that? Well, I, would, I, would, I can't argue with anything you just said. I totally agree with you. But, you know, they think that they're above and beyond, and it doesn't matter. Kit, honestly, since I've been involved in the last four years, it doesn't matter what um, what level of government it is, whether it be the township meetings, the school boards, the city commissions, the county commissions. Sheriffs don't even know what what their job is. They don't know who they answer to. They think they answer to a state's attorney. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, pick pick any level of government. It's a mess, and they don't they don't think that they um, have to answer to us. We the people, because we the people aren't involved enough, honestly. You know, I agree. I, I agree. I don't know. I don't know how you change that because, I mean, I talk to people all the time from the ages of eighteen to you know I'm forty three. There's people my age that have never voted. There's you know, and people they have all kinds of excuses whether it's it doesn't count or this and that which. I mean, we can have those debates all day, but the fact is, is that we need to be involved. We need to do our civic duty. Our government would come out of the Bible, you know, and that and that's probably some of the problem too. Maybe most of it. It's not a maybe. It is. Is we live in such a godless society now that people don't know what their rights are. They don't even know where they come from. Well, we've stopped teaching civics, the actual civics. We've we've stopped teaching that. We're we're teaching everybody rights, but we're not teaching actual civics. And the the problem is is that the rights that are being taught aren't necessarily correct when you look at the Constitution and the law. And a lot of the rights they're saying they're being denied, they're actually not. And so there's this convolution that's that's occurring that is is so consistent with when there's a Marxist or or other type of takeover where history is is twisted and and rewritten, and I'm I'm looking at as you said the the feeling that I am your ruler, not your representative at every level. We've we've talked about this a lot in it at some of the the podcasts and stuff and. And it's coming down farther and farther and farther. It started at the federal level. It's now completely ensconced at the state level. And it's, it's progressing to townships, counties, and city commissions. And 
it's almost like the feel that they weren't voted in, they were anointed, is the feeling I'm getting. is like, well, there were enough people that anointed me, and so now I am your ruler. And that's the attitude that I keep running into. And what's very disturbing is I'm, I'm even running into it by some of the employees. I've had state employees that tell me that they deserve the pay raises, they deserve this and everything else. And I've, I've had to try to explain to them, you may feel you deserve that. I may feel you deserve that. But have you taken a look at my property taxes and my other taxes lately? I can't afford to pay you what you feel you deserve. And if you aren't happy where you are, so far, the best answer is move along, little soldier. Find a place that you feel represents you and will treat you better than you deserve to be at. And stop sitting in your little employee cubicle demanding me to keep giving more and more and more. And I just don't understand how we can get rid of that entitlement mentality. And it's everywhere you go. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you bring up a good point about rights. Well, yeah, we have rights. But we also have to do our duties and, and, and earn those rights as well. You know, yes, they're God-given rights, but God told us, what we have to do to keep those rights. And right now that's not happening. You have to do, you have to do the work just like anything else. You need to do the work. We need to get back to being God fearing again. We need to get back to doing our civic duties. And if that means that we need to learn what they are, there are plenty of classes out there. There's plenty of constitutional studies out there, real constitutional studies that can teach you that. But we need people to get involved because the way that I see it is if, if we don't correct what's going on by the 24 election, our country is gone. It's already starting. I don't know. Um, just to go a little bit off topic here but okay. the BRICS nations just met last week you know i listened to robert kiyosaki mm -hmm. uh his podcast and he's the rich dad poor dad author and he's been talking for a year now about these BRICS nations brazil and argentina and saudi arabia and, a bunch of them they're all the now there's a bunch of them that just russia china here. yep so it's basically it's all our enemies and if anybody knows history about how Nixon took us off the gold standard mm -hmm. and then what happened was is our dollar was backed by oil. But now with Saudi Arabia and Iran joining the BRICS nation, they are coming up with a cryptocurrency that is backed by gold. So guess what? Our dollar isn't worth anything anymore. What do you think is going to happen? And nobody knows about this. Nobody knows about it unless they're listening to these guys like Robert Kiyosaki and some of these other guys. Well, um, I know that they had it on the Lindell Network just this last week, but we are in some trouble. <laughs> well, it's it's also all of the oil producing. And because since Trump left, what, since we've re 
basically pull everything back from producing oil and being self-sustaining. If you think gas prices, if you think propane prices, if you think all of that's expensive now, wait for it until those guys decide that it's going to be reasonable everywhere else on the planet, but the United States is going to have to pay through the nose. And then you're going to really see what's going to happen to your lifestyle and what, what it is that you want... What frustrates me so much is everybody's not interested until it suddenly involves what they feel is their life. And then they're they're commenting all over the place, but they still don't want to do anything. It's like I, I've protested. I'm, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a nasty thing on social media. And I'm like, dude, seriously? Come on. I want to get right back to this because I think this is the crux of the matter. But first, we need to go to executive properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay. Well, Shell, you know, we're doing podcasts. We're, we're doing our research. We're doing everything we can. And, and trying to get people to be interested when it's, when it's not just their personal backyard that's being infringed on is so difficult and and I know you're trying to do the same thing I am, but but when I look at at things like, um, well, Bergam just was on doing the debates and stuff, and he's currently at like three percent apparently, from what I can understand. When I took a look out there after the debate, he was at three percent anyway, and then he just got a pseudo endorsement from from President Trump and other things. And I look at the amount of money that he's throwing just to get 3%. And what I'm left wondering is, how do we stand a chance when, quite frankly, um, I'll be honest with you, Shiloh, a lot of us sitting out here that are trying to do things, we ain't got a pot to pee in, and these guys have got millions and billions of dollars that they're throwing at their agendas. So I, when someone says, what can you do about it, there's part of me that goes, I understand, not that I'm going to stop fighting, but you can understand how they get that mindset. Yeah. Um, so my answer to that is, is you start where you can, and that's your local level. Not everybody needs to be a candidate, but man, <clears throat> you can't even get anybody to show up to a city meeting. I encourage people to start going to the meetings. Um, you know, once we get crowds to show up there, some of this is going to stop. You know, when they know that they're being watched, um, some of this is going to stop. But yeah, that's exactly what I tell people is to get involved in your local politics because it's from the ground up, right? That's how we have to do it. Take our state back first, and then we'll worry about the mess that is Washington, D.C. I would say this. Give me every school board, every city commission and every county commission in the country. You can have Washington, D.C. right now. Give me all those three, and within 10 years, 
it would be a different thing because that's what they did. They took it. They took all of that over, and fifty years later, here we are. We got indoctrination in our schools. I mean, you pick what institution you want to pick, whether it be our public education, our public health, any of that. Um, it's all a dumpster fire. So that's what people can do is get involved locally. Well, you know, I've done several stories and podcasts, and you've done them too, with with, uh, Don Hollingsworth, who was one of the lead people on the Williston audit and stuff. And we obviously, the auditor of North Dakota, who's no Mm -hmm. schlock, uncovered $377 million. And they tried a recall election and basically... Um, there were so many people that, that were in Williston that didn't even know what was going on. You mentioned that, that you were talking to people, and they were like, there's a recall election? Yeah. How do we get the word out besides, you know, you and me sitting here banging our heads against a desk trying to do a podcast? Well, doing that, um, having events, you know, I like their idea. This last one, they were driving around with big signs, Um uh, with the candidates' names and stuff and the election date and that on it, uh, anything that you think that you can do. And unfortunately, Don, and, and you know, and I know this is kind of a normal saying now, is, is until people heard enough, they aren't going to show up. So, And it still comes back to where we initially started, feeling that there's a security in your voice, which means a security in your vote. Because especially when these are special elections, which means it's not just one day set aside that's normal. This one comes out of the blue, and you may have to rearrange your schedule to get there. Uh, if, if you feel that it's not going to make any difference whether you go or whether you don't, there's going to be less likelihood that you go. But to which I also say, well, then you guarantee that they win. Yep. So out of the 1,300 votes that they had in Williston, how many are from the school system? Yep. would be my first question. Now, when, when we look at, at securing our vote and stuff in North Dakota, do you think it's possible to, to, to actually do? Because I, people that were attempting to tell me there were no hijinks or whatever in North Dakota, because North Dakota is a really secure state, and I had to laugh because I happen to know that uh, Trail County Auditor actually took Zuckerbucks and a whole bunch of other ones across. So, I mean, when you've got outside money that's influencing, I don't care. People can say that they took the money and there was no influence, but the day that money doesn't influence you, then why are you taking it? Sorry, it's my initial response is if it doesn't influence you, why are you taking it? But do you think that we have a chance to get this initiative that we're going to be talking about that more after Labor Day? So do you think we have a chance to get this initiative? Because once again, it takes a vote. Yeah. Can we get that through? Well, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, right? I mean, look at uh, look at what they said with um, the term limits deal. Nobody ever thought that that was going to get passed either. You know, and what it doesn't really matter what side you are on, on that. Um, there was there was a lot of pushback for that, that they weren't ever going to get that um, passed. So in my opinion, where there's a will, there's a way, and it only takes a few to build a small fire and, and uh, build that to a 
forest fires. So that's what we're hoping to do there. Because in my opinion, Kit, we need to hit them with everything that we have from all directions. So, you know, you as long as we can stay together and we stay about the message uh, where there's a will, there's a way. When you were at Mike Lindell's summit, what do you think was the basic message you walked away with for yourself personally? That there's hope that um, we aren't the only ones in North Dakota that are fighting it. It's all over the country. Uh, I was around 2,000 people that were were fighting the same fight that we are. And they, t- and they took that back home to their people that are fighting that same fight. So <clears throat> the other thing that I would say is this is, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's put President Trump to the side. We need to fix our elections, whether, you know, no matter what side wins. It's like Mike said, if President Trump would have won and it was going, the election fraud was still growing on. He still would have blown the whistle, and I truly believe he would have. And so I, uh, I think that we need to, um, you know, uh, make sure that our elections are good. So I have to agree. Uh, I'm, I no longer identify, because that's a wonderful word these days, I no longer identify as a Republican or uh, I don't even identify as a, as a conservative as, anymore. I identify as an American who wants the elections correct. And I, I'm quite frankly uh, very disappointed in the fact that so few people seem to give consideration to uh what was amazing on the media after the last debacle, the fairest and most secure elections. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't turn the dial on a radio station or a TV station and see a, a mainstream media person not using those exact same words. And being in marketing, the one thing I will tell you that I told all my students to always do is repetition. Utilize the same verbiage, utilize the same words, make sure that you are hitting them with it again and again and again, because that is the reinforcement that is necessary for someone to incorporate it into their brain, at which point they will believe it. So yeah. when I'm when I'm looking at, at politics these days, I'm not looking at politics anymore. I'm looking at marketing on steroids, I'm looking at actors who like to stand behind podiums and pontificate uh, about what they're going to do for everybody and how much they care. And then I take a look and I, I always tell everybody, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. And I'm just going to bring something up here. Uh, I'm going to mention the billions of dollars, both sides of the aisle have sent to the Ukraine, whether it's in money or whether it's in armament or whatever, and what has occurred on the ground in Maui. So yeah. anybody, anybody who wants to can tell me that the Republicans are different from the Democrats, but I'm not seeing a damn thing happening in Maui from either side of the aisle, except everybody's sitting back doing nothing. They aren't. In fact, you know, I, I'm totally with you. That was another thing that they talked about down there. It's 
it's not Republican versus Democrat exactly. anymore. It's uh, they're the uniparty. Let's just call them what they are. They're all the uniparty. And it's good versus evil. It really is. That was another thing that I took away from there is it's it's good versus evil. Well, you know, I I'm with I'm with you, sir. Uh, all we can do is continue to attempt to get the word out. And again, this is Shiloh Kerber, who usually has his partner Marvin, Marvin Lepp with him. And he does. Here's the deal as a podcast. And I will hope to be on yours again and and we can continue a conversation regarding some other malfeasance that we find but shiloh thank you so much for bringing the information to me today from uh, mike lindell summit and getting some of my viewers to know you and maybe some of your viewers to know me a little bit more and this is kit brennan for another monday from common sense uncensored coming out of grand forks best source everybody have a wonderful day and god bless stay safe